1: G'day, I'm Mitchell Johnson, and for 10 years I bowled fast for Australia.
0: Knocks him over with pace, what a start for the Aussies.
1: For 10 years I had batters shaking in their boots, but I did so without always feeling comfortable in my own shoes. going to have to go, Mitchell Johnson's on fire. For the outside world, I came across as a fire-breathing dragon with ball in hand. On the inside, I was battling my own demons without always getting to talk about it. But now I'm retired, my left arm can't do the talking for me, so I've decided to open up and talk for real. So let's do this. In comes Mitchell Johnson now. This is the Mitchell Johnson Cricket Show.
0: You're listening to the Mitchell Johnson Cricket Show. I'm Baris Sulevesen and I'm here with a very happy looking Mitchell Johnson. Mitch, how are you doing? (laughs) You look very chuffed. Can you please tell me more about it?
1: Well, no, I was just seeing your face and just (laughs) watching you do our intro uh, made me very happy. Uh, It is is spring here, so uh, it is quite nice. The weather's beautiful outside and um, I don't know, just a happy morning, mate. Happy to see you.
0: Oh, there you go I mean, every morning is happy when I get to see you as well no, no wonder my wife wants us to start taking more romantic pictures uh, She's been helping us out with uh, some of our social media stuff Which yep. I'm pretty poor at uh, I don't know how, yeah. you, how good you are with uh, yours uh, Just creating the kind of stuff that these people are so good at creating
1: Yeah, um, I think that I've got a good imagination And I can see things, but I don't know how to put stuff together So yeah, we'll leave that to the experts, mate
0: yeah, let's just do that. It's so much easier to uh, just send her the pictures and the videos and she just gets in. Oh, even though she does kind of uh, talk about my poor photography skills here and there, but like uh, that's a conversation we can leave for another day. But look, by the by the time um, this this episode is out and everyone's listening to us, hello everyone around the world. Uh, I'll be in India, so which means I should say I am in India for uh, the 2023 uh, 50-over Men's World Cup. Uh, My second trip to India uh, in the same year. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, But the last time there was a 50-over World Cup, 12 years ago, feels like a lifetime ago, considering where world cricket or how much world cricket has changed. You were there. Uh, As part of the Australian side, you got famously uh, knocked out in the quarterfinal. You guys were defending... uh, Were you defending? Oh, yeah, three-time defending champions. Um, But uh, you don't remember much about being there, do you? Every time I bring it up... I know. I have to remind you of the fact that you were there.
1: Well, I was in India earlier this year, and we played at Ahmedabad, the big stadium there. And I honestly do not remember um, that World Cup much at all. Uh, It's maybe because we got knocked out when we did. But uh, I do slightly recall being in Sri Lanka and I think we had a rain affected game or a rained out game. I don't know if it was in that World Cup that uh, Malinga got a hat trick, I think, and I was the second one out and then it was quite funny, he came into the dressing rooms after the match and got us three boys, I think it was, I don't know if it was Doherty uh, was part of that that World Cup, Uh, I'm pretty sure he was but... um, I see. This is how good my memory is. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking that he was there, but um, I just know that yeah, three of us got asked to sign. He came up and got us to sign the cricket ball that he got the hat trick with. So um, I thought it was a bit cheeky, and but you know what? He's he's had a few hat tricks in his time, and I'm sure he's got a few balls signed at home. I think Jason Krasia were there. It was maybe maybe
0: it was maybe it was, it was him and not Xavier Doidge. Maybe maybe. Uh, but hey, you and uh, Lasith Malinga then formed the. Uh, M and M new ball combo into you for Mumbai Indians.
1: Yeah, well, it was interesting watching him train, like how he used to, because he was an expert at bowling yorkers, and I just remember watching him train one day early on in the piece um, when we were at Mumbai, and he 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 used to put down a, a cricket boot, like one of his cricket boots, on the on the crease line where he wanted to bowl. So he would hit it, you know, nine times out of ten when he was practicing it. So um, it, it, look, he. He was um, a really interesting guy, a really cool guy, uh, someone who I got along well with really easily. Oh, everyone did. Didn't speak much uh, English, uh, but was um, you know a great guy to be around to to learn from. And and that's the thing about um, uh, World Cups and uh, players that you come across in in IPL, and you get to learn from each other and try and get better. And um, he was just too good for us in, in that World Cup. And, and like I said. I don't really recall a lot of it. I think there was a, a that match at Ahmedabad, or I think I recall Brett Lee going to slide for a ball on the boundary, and the ball just sort of popped up and hit him in the above the eyebrow, I think, or just under the eye and cut him open a bit. Yeah, you, you generally don't remember the. The bad times, mate.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's a memorable game. Uh, if, uh, Or it was a memorable game if you're an Indian cricket fan. Not that I claim to uh, be one. I watched that game from Sri Lanka because I covered the entire World Cup, the Sri Lankan leg of it. Yep. So I was away from the Indian team, uh, which is good fun, really. Uh, so uh, we've obviously world cup in india as it is with this one as well everyone spread out everywhere there were days even though i was working for a newspaper there where my boss forgot that i was around as well in sri lanka so i could get away with not doing much uh because the focus is completely on india right if it, there's any world cup but especially if it's in, in india uh like this one is I went through your numbers, you did well, you took four wickets against Zimbabwe, four against New Zealand, so you seem to have made a good start to that World Cup, uh, but uh, does anything ring a bell about just being in India during uh, a big World Cup, where, like you know, the focus is on India, but you're also around?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, look, any World Cup is massive, and and it doesn't matter where you are, but I think it, it sort of reminds me of when you are playing in, a, in an IPL season, just the crowd getting right behind their team, and but i think this will be probably another level just because yeah i mean india being the home crowd the, the extra pressure they might have on them uh they they're, you know their big name players have always got that following and it just makes it um even bigger um so yeah this world cup's going to be huge i think and as a world cup it, it it's i don't think it gets too much bigger i mean for us playing in australia in 2015 it was massive. And I know what that feeling was like as a player. You, you, you go into that tournament, there's already the pressure of a World Cup for a start. So we made sure that as a team that we just wanted to enjoy ourselves through that World Cup and, and make the most of it and just soak it all up. And I think that's probably what India need to do in this World Cup as well is, like I said, there's an added pressure there because it is at home and, and you're expected to win. And, and well at least get to the finals um so yeah there'll be a lot of pressure riding on that whether they can all handle it handle it or not um there's a lot of experience there but there's some inexperience as well so um yeah i think it's going to be a huge world cup and i, I hope australia can win but yeah it's it's going to be an interesting one
0: what we are doing today is uh, we call it ask mitch anything it's uh the interactive aspect of our podcast uh match where we uh leave the floor open give the keys of the show to our wonderful listeners from around the world and they can ask you whatever they want to ask whether it's about cricket whether it's about your tattoos whether it's about your love for music uh whether it's about your uh, love hate relationship with certain cricketers uh, or if it's about uh, yeah well, why the hell do you want to do this every week with me it could be anything like yeah that, yeah that's my a question. good question that one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that be... i knew you that would that love first, that is that the first question <laughs> <laughs> i think it could well be the first and the last question but uh, no so uh, and we're going to do one of these uh, every month uh, this is gives you an opportunity also uh, uh, to interact with everyone like i said but also uh, you know Talk about things that even you and i don't think of right that's the beauty of uh, the cricket world i mean there are so many people out there who watch cricket and absorb cricketing content so much more intently that even a people like you and me who are involved with the industry do
1: yeah yeah definitely i think it's a great opportunity and it, it i'm sure there'll be questions that pop up like you say that it just i've never thought of um, or, or maybe there's been things uh that fans out there have seen on the cricket field and and they've seen it in a different way and I might have, um, you know, it might not have been that way. So, I think, yeah, this is a great opportunity to ask any question. Um, I am quite a private person, but when it comes to this stuff, I'm, I'm happy to, to open up.
0: Look, on this space, it's a public space, so you can't be very private, you know that. And uh, look, exactly. and one thing I do keep raving about uh, you whenever someone asks me about this podcast is... I don't know too many cricketers retired or contemporary who speak as candidly about uh, some really important things like you do about mental health and uh, everything involved with it so I think even though you think you're really private you are opening up a lot more and that's that's the that's why I enjoy being in this prime seat uh, across the screen from you. I mean, we will record a few episodes sitting next to each other at some point, I'm sure. But you know, that's that's the beauty of this.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think it comes down to just being authentic and being honest, and and that's how I've wanted to always try and be. Even when I was in my cricketing days, I sort of look back at a lot of the interviews that I have done, and and I think people can read uh, when you, you you're full of crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's it's like for me it's just about you know trying to be as, as honest as I can and um, yeah I look forward to these questions because there's some there's some interesting ones that do pop up um, there's some that are the same and um, you hear it a fair bit of but I, I always find it when there's been a bit of thought behind questions and it makes me think and you know it sort of brings you, you know, takes you back to certain certain places.
0: All right, let's get going. And we are in World Cup season. So maybe we should start with a couple of uh, World Cup questions. Hopefully these are from World Cups that you do remember. Uh, And I'm sure you do remember uh, this particular moment from this particular World Cup because uh, Australia ended up winning the World Cup. This is 2015. Um, And it's a question from Amit underscore 121418. And he wants to know, Mitch, what your reaction was uh, when Mitchell Stark uh, famously clean ball, Brendan McCullum uh, with that in-swinging Yorker um, that first over in the final in 2015?
1: Yeah, good question. Uh, Leading into that, we we had a fair bit of confidence because we knew that New Zealand hadn't played a game in Australia and a lot of their players hadn't played at the MCG. Well, uh, there was a few anyway. And going from New Zealand where they play on small grounds to coming to the MCG, which is a very big ground... We just had a lot of confidence. So um, going to that final, we'd been in, in finals in World Cups before. Uh, some of the players hadn't, um, but there was a, cu- a couple of us that had played, like Shane Watson, um, uh, Brad Haddin. Um, you know, there's, there's been a few guys that have played in in World Cups. So uh, that first ball, um, I think that actually the very first ball almost hit his hit his off stump as well, and. Starkey had a really good rhythm, he knew a really good plan and I think the plan was to go full to him early and try and knock his poles out straight away uh, because once McCullum gets going, we knew that he was going to be a danger man. If they got off to a really good start, it would have been really hard to, to tie them back because they had a very good team and they made the final, they were playing with a lot of confidence and, and we knew that they just had been playing really well in, in their home country When when he when he bowled that ball and got him, we sort of felt like we had the game almost straight away. Um, Not completely. We didn't let it let it slide. Um, There was a couple of good partnerships through the middle middle order. But yeah, look, it was a beautiful delivery. It was something that he'd worked on and wanted to do, and, and he he was able to produce early on. He had an amazing World Cup. He ended up being you know Stark ended up winning the Player of the Series. I think it was. Um, he won a very, very expensive Hublot watch, uh, which everyone was jealous of. Uh, <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it was his World Cup. And I think also going back to the first match we played in Auckland, Stark actually almost won us that game because we we're in massive, our batting was was atrocious in that first game. We'd lost a, a lot of wickets very, very cheaply and, and it didn't really have much of a score on the board. And they started pretty well. McCullum hitting hitting some, you know, some good shots on the small ground again, um, getting them going, and then Stark came in and just, you know, almost won the game. So he, he had a massive World Cup, and I mean his World Cup stats uh, are up there with the best now.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he finished with all those wickets in 2019 as well, and uh, yep. I know.
1: I, and you'd you'd think that it's been very successful. Yeah, yep. yeah.
0: And you'd think that Australia's chances in this World Cup rest a lot on how well he goes, considering um, you know uh, Josh Hazelwood has become a really good white ball bowler. Uh, uh Pat Cummins is kind of coming into his own as captain as well but uh it comes down to Mitchell Stark right and we've seen some of those pitches that they played those one dayers on against India and the yeah. Uh, so yeah i mean if they they have to go deep
1: yeah he'll be key again with the new ball if it swings he'll, he'll bowl a couple up front and then you know there's obviously in, in Indian conditions there's always a chance of reverse swing and if they can keep the ball i guess the only issue is they don't want it to get too dirty uh, because then they change the ball over there so you, you want to try and keep the dirt off the ball as much as possible which can be hard in in those conditions when you know pitches are a bit dusty at times but um yeah key player again through this world cup
0: sticking with that work up uh mitch and sticking with uh, another mitch taking uh, a famous wicket and then we have two questions about uh, this particular one It is when you got uh Virat Kohli out in that World Cup semi-final with with a bouncer that Ajay Chavla says it still hurts him every time he thinks about that World Cup uh, and we have a question about uh, that very delivery from uh, Ravindra Reddy as well uh, who wants to know like how you planned that moment i think uh, he was like one run in 13 balls he says so like this is the amount of detail people remember about these games uh, and, and just how you planned that wicket and uh, the bouncer and how much you remember of it
1: um, yeah, it was it was a plan um, to go hard at, at Vera. there was obviously a lot of pressure. Sydney they had <laughs> the crowd was actually right behind them. They had a lot of Indian supporters there, so it almost felt like it was a home home World Cup for them. There's obviously the pressure for us as well, being the Australian team, being the the home team. But um, yeah, that plan came. I, I try bowling a short ball to him. It felt like you needed to bowl it just outside his eye line to get him to play. Play that pull shot without control, and the pitch was not overly fast, but it was probably a little bit quicker than normal. So SCG tends to be a little bit slower, but this this sort of skidded on a bit more. I don't know if I bowled it cross seam. It was probably it probably was because I generally did bowl a lot of uh, my bounces in one day cricket and T Twenty cricket um, cross seam because sometimes it'll skid through if it hits the the shiny side of the ball. Hits the rope, it sort of just holds a little bit. So, yeah, that plan was was definitely deliberate, and it was to go after you know the best player um, in the world. So, um, yeah, when a plan comes off like that, I was pretty pretty chuffed about it, and and we knew we we're in the game um, once we got him.
0: Yeah, man, uh, you know it'll be uh, uh and if, if look, Virat had come off that Test series where he'd scored all those runs. Uh, him and steve smith just kept scoring runs in there um and uh, it it almost felt like run chase india virat kohli big game uh he was the big wicket, wasn't he and no wonder you celebrated it the way that a lot of indian fans want to forget but they can't
1: well actually uh, he he was one of the big players for sure uh, I, I was actually more worried about shikadawan mm. he, he's had a good performance there in the past in, in one day cricket i'm just trying to recall what series? It would have been a, a one-day series, obviously, but he's he's actually played really well there in the past um, and and dominated. So he he actually um, they, their opening partnership, I think, was pretty good. Um, they got off to a decent start. So uh, and he was probably the biggest concern because he was. I guess there was no pressure really on him. It was always getting to that that final stage of a World Cup. It tends to go onto the big players, and I guess yeah, he, he probably was one of my biggest concerns. And I think uh, as a team, we, we knew that as well, that we had to try and restrict him early on. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's funny how teams look at certain players and, and but fans look at them as well. Like, you know, I'm sure Schick is quite res- well-respected but he was probably one of the players that we were most concerned about in that World Cup in that situation.
0: There are a lot of people out there who feel he's been hard done by. I mean, but you know that's the thing with Indian cricket as well, right? Especially when it comes to the batting. Uh, there's yep. just so much competition always. Well,
1: who do you pick? It's it. I'd hate to be a selector. Um, it with so many to pick from. I mean, India could have a couple of a couple of teams easily. I think uh, with with the amount of players they have, the strength of their players, uh, they they've got a. It's a, it's a difficult selection, so um, you're picking uh, guys on, on form and, and things like that, but then you're also picking guys on um, ability and, and what they can bring to the team, the, the balance of the team. You've got all those things to think about, so yeah, pretty tough.
0: Yeah, don't give them ideas with uh, the rate or the path that 50 over cricket seems to be on next World Cup in four years' time. We might have two Indian teams, who knows? Like, I'm not ruling anything out. <laughs> but we'll... would uh, be interesting. It would be, yeah. Especially if that Indian team uh, starts winning games as well. But, uh, okay, we'll take a little bit of a break from the cricket itself, uh, Mitch. And uh, Brendan Crabb, who uh, I know is a big cricket fan, loves his metal music, uh, and also loves his wrestling. Uh, so things that we are interested in as well um he has a question about your tattoos and wants to know the origins of uh your soulfly tattoo uh you know because you've, <laughs> you you know I, I, we know all about your love for heavy metal but how that came about and was that your first tattoo and then there have been obviously subsequently many that you've added over the years
1: yeah yeah first tattoo uh i think i was like probably 18 19 i think it was 18 but um yeah, the band Soulfly had come to to Brisbane, and my my couple of my like best mates came down from uh, Townsville. Um, at the time, they they came to watch, and um, this the album cover of the of their latest album was that Om sign. My mates were like, they didn't even like do any research or anything. They just saw the the album cover and go, oh, we've got to get it because we're going to see him and all that stuff. And and I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. But I was like a bit more like, okay, I need to find out what that symbol means before I get it done because I just wanted to be sure that wasn't anything silly. or uh, And I just wanted to have an understanding of what it meant. So, um, yeah, I did my research and then the boys, yeah, we we went and all got it done. Uh, I think there's three of us. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, I guess, just at the time, um, I wanted it as a member because I'd moved to Brisbane as well. You know, I was a fair way away from my mates li- living in Townsville. Yeah, just thought it was a good idea. Went and watched them perform. I had a pretty sore neck the next day. I think I had to play cricket, uh, A-grade cricket the next day. and I was had a pretty sore neck. Um, but yeah, that's how it sort of came about. From the headbanging, that is. No, the headbanging, yeah.
0: Oh, so what is it like? Look, I don't have a tattoo, and my wife does. But uh, And I remember when she got it, it seemed like a very painful experience. So is it something that... Uh, you kind of get used to, or considering you didn't stop there and you yeah. continued like adding to your tattoos.
1: Yeah, sometimes it hurts, sometimes it doesn't. There's certain spots that feel good, um, and other spots that don't feel good. Um, when I got uh, uh, my latest or my last one was uh, through my chest and on this side, and there was a part through the chest that felt like it was hitting like the back of my neck. Um, so look. Like, very, very sort of um, nervy. So, it was a horrible feeling but I don't know, there's creams and things out there now that can numb all that stuff and, and people will use that but I, I sort of, I guess I like the, I'll, let's not say I like the, the feeling of it. Um, it's just I think... That's part of getting a tattoo is is going through that process for me, getting that feeling of of a bit of pain, I guess, and um, making it worthwhile, I, I, I suppose.
0: And Soulfly, you still you still listen to them? Obviously, oh,
1: I still it still pops up on the playlist. Yeah, um, depends what mood I'm in. Um, yeah, they they're pretty bloody good.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, they were, they broke up, didn't they? Or like they they break up and they came back and yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, didn't listen to the newer stuff as much. There's yeah. a couple of songs, but yeah, uh, always yeah, see the old stuff. And I think it's the album covers that really captured me a lot as well. Like I used to love how they were done, um, just the artwork and, you know, you, you sort of miss that yeah. these days because everything's online and you don't have to go and buy a CD anymore. So
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you would have these um, CDs at home. I remember like wherever it is, whether it's Megadeth or... Uh, Yeah, Megadeth were. were, Oh, they they were, really.
1: Yeah, CD covers.
0: Yeah. But then it was tough to explain to your parents that it's nothing illegal. (laughs) It's it's just music.
1: Yeah. Boiling babies
0: and all of that. But yeah, look, uh, (laughs) that's. uh, that's you and heavy metal, and I'm sure we'll spend many, many more hours talking about heavy metal. Hashtag Ask Mitch. That's the hashtag you need to uh, tag us with. This has been the Mitchell Johnson Cricket Show. A- and look, before we go, I just saw that we debuted at number eight on uh, the Apple Cricket uh, podcast list or ratings. Uh, so what we want, what Mitch and I want, is for you to help us push right up. You know, number eight is a good start but it's not good enough we need to get to number one so and we can only do that with your help so if you uh, like subscribe follow wherever you find your podcast there are so many out there but we are everywhere we are on every channel uh, on every podcast platform you seek your platforms out on Um, and uh, yeah please show us some love thank you for listening we'll see you next week on Monday
1: Podcast Network.